0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. This is Sometimes Baseball. I'm Will Heisentrout. Everyone calls me Trout, and I'm joined by writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former communications and corporate communications intern, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host David Bourne. How are you, buddy? Will, how's it going today, man? I'm doing all right over here. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing all right too. Uh, started a new job i understand you do the same so finally got something to do other than just talk baseball
1: yes exactly and we're both getting paychecks for the first time in a couple months so <laughs> that helps as well yeah I'm,
0: this was it was running on six months for me so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so let's run through our agenda so We're going to talk about – we're going to introduce a new uh, segment called What You've Been Thinking. We're going to dive into some baseball history to hopefully launch a couple fun topics of conversation, which will lead into our NL and AL East look. We're going to highlight some key transactions there and how the teams are going to fare. Trivia from the 21st century to 100% Stump David. And then that will lead to our draft. And then we'll just switch it up and go into the song lyric for the day and the trending Twitter topic we found. But before I even even start that, if any of our listeners have a fun Twitter story they want us to talk about in future episodes, trivia they think can stump David or our guests, you can be a part of this show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, you can DM us at SometimesBaseball. And on Twitter, you can reach us at SometimesBaseball.com. And it's spelled S-O-M-E-T-I-M-E-S-B-S-B-L. Twitter doesn't allow longer than 13 characters, so we had to cut it down. And if you think our logo's sweet, head on over to teespring.com slash store slash sometimes baseball. And that's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G for Teespring. So let's start it off, David. What you been thinking? I guess it's
1: sort of like a, a bland period of time, you know, with uh – a everything going on but um lately I've just been I don't know contemplating like uh my next step of life we we graduated college we're trying to figure out uh what to do next and I've just been uh looking back on some of the good times uh me you and a bunch of other people that I got to meet over there you know my time at uh Duquesne got to spend together so uh, I've just been thinking a lot about that and and feeling grateful that we got a lot of good times together
0: yeah a hundred percent I feel that. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting time. We graduated at a very interesting time. <laughs> yeah, like I know you said you've been putting out every possible application that you can, but for like sports teams because you want to be in sports, and the tough thing is like they're not hiring because they furloughed all their people.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that no, it's definitely tough. Um. But I think that's too much meaning for this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> so no, here's like, uh, like I said, so I'm trying to take a good approach to it and just think about uh, all the good times we got to spend together the last four years.
0: And oh yeah, up. no. A hundred percent. I I put together a fun video for us and our friend group, and I had so much fun just doing that because it was pictures and videos from like the last four years. I watch it every yeah. single day. It is a full nine minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, it could have even been longer, but yeah, I watch it every single day. It's so much fun to just uh, think about that where we've come, where we've gone. Like I didn't even have a major coming into college, so that's different. <laughs> yeah, man, it all worked out in the end. So, that's what yes, you like to see. all right, let's bring this back. You? What's into on your mind? Yeah. Meaninglessness. Um, yeah. So I was thinking of a heel injury has to be the most annoying of all minor injuries. Like, just think about that. Like, like a little. <laughs> a little stabbing pain in like the bottom of your heel every time yeah, you Yeah, kind of every walk, time you.
1: Yeah.
0: It would be the most annoying thing possible. And I think uh, cuz Ryan Zimmerman he's been out for so long just cuz or he's had multiple muscle injuries cuz he's had like plantar fasciitis which is I guess like a heel injury. But that's got to be so mm. annoying. I had it. You had it. Yes, I got it cuz I jumped into a pool when I was like 12, 13 and there's a rock and it was only like three feet of water, and I landed right on with my heel. And I I had to walk on, like, my toes for, like, the next, like, eight weeks. It was horrible. It was the annoying
1: thing. You always hear about athletes dealing with that, too, and it just must be awful because, obviously, you need to run and move in order to perform at a high level. And, like, you just even, like, daily life, you can't get around without moving. And,
0: yes, that's that's a good topic for sure. (laughs) Yeah, of all minor injuries. Uh, That has to be the most annoying. But let's actually start talking about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first and foremost, I do have an update on the Don Drysdale jersey. So I ordered that from DHgate, who are famous, I guess. I wouldn't call it famous. But uh, they're notorious. Maybe infamous. (laughs) Notorious, I think, is a much better adjective for uh, sending jerseys whenever they want and putting whatever shipping time they want on there. Uh, (laughs) So the one I got, it says it has shipped. So I'm very fortunate for that. (laughs) And it'll be here in either eight days or 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So a very wide margin there, but I'm very excited for that. It's the home white Dodger blue. It's cool. Not a fan of the Dodgers, but I think the 53 is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good summer wear too.
0: Yes, sir. All right, (laughs) so today in baseball history. (laughs) Yes, sir. So in 2013, the Mets got a pair of outstanding performances from young pitchers in sweeping a doubleheader from the Braves. In the opener, second-year guy Matt Harvey takes a no-hitter into the seventh inning and strikes out 13 on his way to a 4-3 win. In the nightcap, rookie Zach Wheeler, making his highly anticipated Major League debut, pitches six shutout innings and strikes out seven as the Mets win again 6-1. to So my question to you is, do you remember the amount of hype surrounding the rotation of Matt Harvey, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, Jacob deGrom, Bartolo Colon, and Steven Matz, like those six guys? I do,
1: and Harvey was the one who I thought was going to be the best. Like, I remember watching him when he first came up, and he was just electric. And everybody always talked Cindergaard, you know, and obviously he's huge, and I saw that also. But I don't – like, for some reason, I was so sold on Matt Harvey at the time. Like, he was just so much fun to watch. I remember, like, Harvey Day was a thing. Like, when Matt Harvey was pitching, everybody wanted to tune in and check it It out. He was the Dark Knight. Yeah, and it was – even, like – the last couple of years when he was in LA or Cincinnati, like I, I probably shouldn't root for Matt Harvey because he doesn't exactly seem like an upstanding guy, but I Absolutely do not. for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I I sort of hope Matt Harvey can figure out figure it out in some way, shape, or because it seems like the talent is there. And I don't know if like just his attitude got in the way or what happened, but, and of course his, his arm issues also, but yeah, his yeah. demise happened way too quickly. And really all of those guys, like,
0: Outside of DeGrom, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, they all had so much potential, but their arms just fell off. Like, at, at the same time, like, and they all got hurt. But um, I do remember seeing a pretty funny tweet a while back that said, like, imagine if you've been in a coma for six years and you think you're going to wake up and the Mets have the best pitching staff <laughs> of all time. <laughs>
0: and one and, of them is still on the team. Yep. Yeah, because Cologne, I guess, has retired. He keeps putting up Instagram videos of him pitching. But yeah. uh, Matt Harvey's getting interest from the Japanese and Korean baseball leagues. Noah Sindergaard, that guy, I, I don't even know what's going on in his head because he was pitching <laughs> and he, like, hurt his labrum. And he's like, I'll keep pitching. i good. His, yeah, he came he, back. Yeah, he <laughs> tore his labrum. He's like, I wouldn't even go to an MRI machine. And they just let him pitch. Yeah, yeah that that was the stupid – like, the Mets weren't going
1: anywhere last year. I, I did like that Marcus Stroman pickup, though. deadline. But, um, like, the Mets weren't going anywhere last year. And he just, like, said, like, yeah, like, I, I'm cool. And I was like, dude, no, you're not. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and doctors were saying that. <laughs> Which, of course, is worth a lot more than my opinion on whether he was cool or not. And he kept yeah. pitching, and that was paying the price for it.
0: Yep, yep. And my question is – where is Steven Matz? I remember the hype around. I don't even know where that guy is. He's got to still be with the right? But when he first came up, I, I think he had, like, a ridiculous start in
1: his first career. And, um, like you said, everybody's talking about he could hit a little bit even. Like, it was yeah. like a big deal.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah, so know. I'm looking at his baseball reference page. He made his debut in 2015. And he, he actually – I remember I do remember this. He was a reliever on the World Series team. They didn't win the World Series, mm-hmm. but – um, yeah, so his first, he started six games, 35 innings, struck out 34, and he had an ERA plus of 169. And then in 2016 was his rookie year, 22 starts, 3-4 ERA, finished sixth in rookie of the year. Like the dude was mowing people down. And then 2017, 6 ERA, <laughs> 18 was a 4 ERA, and 19, I get, yeah, I get, he made thirty. Starts so I don't. I guess I just missed Stephen Matz.
1: Yeah, I just don't think like it's you know electric anymore or like new. Yeah. Like he did get hurt somewhere wrong. Like, I guess all of them got hurt. Like yeah, but and I, I think that's really when he started to fizzle out a little bit. But those mm-hmm. Mets teams were seemingly going to be you know a really good team for a really long time, and then it mm-hmm. just did not work out according to
0: plan. I remember, like, watching, like, the MLB Network's, like, preseason shows and, like, every single person for, like, the last, like, like from, like, 2014 to, like, 2018, they all they all picked the Mets to win the division. Like, last mm-hmm. year they all picked the Braves, but, like, everyone was, like, on the Mets. They're like, man, if that pitching staff, like, oh, that pitching staff, like, I got the best rotation in baseball. Like, <laughs> it got them to a World yeah. Series for sure, but yeah. – that's when they still had, like, David Wright and those guys, too.
1: Like, yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who beat them? Was it the Royals? Royals? Did the
1: Royals beat the Mets in a World Series? Wow. Yes.
0: Yeah. Very interesting to see where they are now. But yeah, <laughs> the Mets, they kind of got good again. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to break down the NL and AL East because as of 4.32 p.m., I'm going to check my phone just to make sure no updates have come along. As of 4.32 p.m. on June 18th, Thursday, we think there's going to be a season by July 19th. So what we're going to do this week is break down the Easts. What we're going to do next week is break down the Centrals. And the week after, we're going to break down the Wests. And then hopefully our preseason show, we're going to be breaking down and giving our predictions. And I'm going to write them on the wall or on sticky notes and put them on the wall, <laughs> not right on the wall. Uh, I rent this place. Uh, <laughs> uh, so write them down, and then we're going to look back at the end of the season and see where our standings were right and where we were wrong, see what award winners were right and wrong. And, yeah, so let's get it started. Would you rather start let, – let's start with the NL East. So let's go uh, alphabetical order. So the Braves, let's, uh, let's talk about the Braves. How are we feeling on them for this upcoming year? Good,
1: I, I I think, right? Um, I don't yeah. recall, like, too many major losses. I know, of course, like, Donaldson was out, and he had a pretty good year. Dallas Keichel too, but he didn't – he was not fantastic in any way, yeah. shape, or form. And then um, I'm seeing now that Julio Tehran is also gone, and it feels like that guy's been on the braids for like, the last 15 years. But yes. um, <laughs> I, I do like the Marcelo Zuna pickup. Got that was Cole nice. Hamels, of course, one of my guys uh travis darno had a really good season in tampa bay but who knows if that'll continue because tampa bay finds a way to resurrect everybody yeah um and then of course those are just the guys they added ronald lacuna absolute stud freddie freeman 100 percent stud as well yes um i do like ozzy Albee, so top to bottom their lineup looks pretty good austin riley if he can have a backup or a, like a bounce
0: back i guess yeah i'm interested if, on if you the... even
1: call it a bounce back
0: like like a like he does, he avoids the sophomore slump essentially. <laughs> yes, yeah, because
1: um, when he came up, absolutely phenomenal, and then like of course just trailed off towards the end. But um, mm-hmm. th- they've got a lot of depth also. I'm a big Johan uh, Camargo guy. Like he keeps kind of getting pushed aside for Donaldson or uh, I guess Riley now. But I think he's a really good utility player. I like their bench as a whole. Nick Marquez is still around. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if I had to pick a a favorite to win the division, I would go with the Braves.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree. Their their lineup is scary good. And I think with the DH supposedly coming for 2020 and 2021, uh, Adam Duvall would slot in nicely. Yeah, I don't know. Like, up and down that lineup, they're scary. And then just looking at, like, the rotation, I think there's more question marks there. Like, what can Soroka do in year two? Is Max yep. Threed going to take the next step? what who is the real mike fulton like <laughs> yeah how is cole Hamels and gonna be like age 35 36 the There's bullpen of... too is a big question if anything holds them back
1: it's going to be that bullpen because all of those guys are boom or bust which we we really saw
0: down the stretch yeah i, I think the scariest uh thing for them is they've Mark melanson closing game <laughs> yes and like they picked up
1: Shane Green, who was absolutely uh-huh. dominant in Detroit, and then got traded to Atlanta and was awful. <laughs> like, just <laughs> yes, forgot yes. how to pitch. <laughs> and I was rooting for Shane Green. Like, um, I think he played in Trenton when he was coming up. So, like, I, I would go see him there and stuff like that. But or, or he was at least with the Yankees, who I get a lot of, like, media coverage for since I'm in New Jersey. So, like, yeah, I root for a lot of those guys. And I was glad to see that he was doing well in Detroit because yeah. he was the only player on the Tigers that was doing well, really. And um, that, I don't know what happened
0: as soon as he got to Atlanta, but man, just fell off the rails. He must have started eating all that barbecue food they got down there. Yeah. Just <laughs> He made it like a, a mission to go find the awesome barbecue uh, spot. But all right, so yeah, like some interesting storylines to follow with uh, the Braves. How is Marcelo Zuna going to fill in for Donaldson? I think that's a big question mark. Melanson, Will Smith, who's going to take that closer role? Is Felix Hernandez going to make the team? <laughs> all very interesting. Yeah. There. Um but yeah, all right, let's go now to the Marlins. Miami Marlins, they added Jesus Aguilar, Corey Dickerson, big fan of Corey Dickerson. I remember texting you uh during the offseason I said whatever whatever team gets Corey Dickerson will be the smartest team in the, the offseason. Unfortunately, he went to a non-contender. Uh, <laughs> so may, maybe not the smartest move, but I love Corey Diggerson. The guy can rake. Um, yeah, and, then, and I wanted him to come back to Philadelphia. He had like a silently dominant two-month stretch there with the Phillies. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I thought they, yeah. they, they made a great trade it, coming over from the Pirates. Wasn't it only for like cash? Or something, yeah, I think so. Bogus like cash
1: or a player to be named later, or like, yeah, some, some bogus Neil guy Huntington
0: trait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they swindled the Orioles for Jonathan VR, that was great. Um, but yeah, other than that, they lost like some like the old stalwarts of like their lineup: Starlin Castro, Curtis Granderson, Neil Walker, Martin Prado. Guys, they were on their last legs, like late thirties. I don't really think they're. Well, I guess Starlin Castro is still around. Yeah, he's on the naps. I should know that. But yeah, how are we feeling about the Marlins? So I find it strange
1: to say that I loved an off season from a fifty seven win team. But if I didn't love the Marlins off season, I definitely like it a lot. Um, they're not gonna contend this year, and probably won't contend next year, but. Jesus Aguilar, if he's even half decent, that's a really good ad for a team that's rebuilding and like when you at the the Yes, exactly, and like when you're at the point that the Marlins are, you just sign guys and hope it works. You know what I mean because <laughs> like it doesn't matter anyway so and i I think Jesus Aguilar is the perfect candidate for something like that. like we saw he's capable of putting a good season together, now he just has to figure out how to do it again. Yes. Which is always the toughest part. And um, Corey Dickerson, like you said, animal. Jonathan Villar is a really underrated player and he steals a lot of bases. The pitching staff is still really raw, but lineup-wise, I like it a lot. And, like, these guys like Aguilar, Dickerson, even Villar, like, say they have good seasons, you could keep them around for an extra year or two, or you could try to trade them. Uh you know like and keep building that farm system keep bringing younger guys in and and see what you can really build there
0: yeah i mean because they still got like lewis brinson the centerpiece of the yelich deal and i think they're really really hoping that works out (laughs) Um, yeah he he had a tough go last year but yeah he can do something yeah I, i think it might have been the miami nightlife that uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but no, they have like uh, Brian Anderson, who I think is interesting. Jorge Alfaro, I think he can take the next step as an offensive-minded catcher. But I, I am interested to see like what else like Jordan Yamamoto can do. Like they are a very young team, but they're also kind of like they have a plan, I guess.
1: They do, yeah. And all those guys are either up now or they're on the verge of coming up. Like this season. It's really unfortunate for everybody that it's going to be, you know, 60 games or whatever. But it's even more unfortunate for teams like the Marlins who have all of this young talent that's finally up. And, And like, this would have been a great time to just get 162 games of meaningless at-bats. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Get that experience and see Major League pitching every single day. And, like you said, the plan is there. The product isn't quite there yet, but the plan is, and it seems as if something might be brewing.
0: I mean, their minor league might be more exciting than their major leagues. They got Sixto Sanchez, J.J. Bladé, Jesus Sanchez, Jazz Chisholm. Uh, they're looking decent in the farm system. Yeah, and they're all close, too. Like, yes. If the Marlins yes. are
1: coming, it's just a matter of when.
0: Yeah, I think probably by 2022, the Mets, I don't know who's in their farm system. They tanked it for Cano. They're going to be out of the picture. Nats are going to start have to they're getting older and they got to start paying guys like Trey Turner and Juan Soto, even if they want to keep him around. So they they might take a big knock. Uh, The Phillies are poised. And I think the Braves, they're pitching trades that they made in like 2014 with like uh, God, who was it? Kimbrell at like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that ridiculous trade. They got like, so (laughs) I, I think they're, they're going to be good for a while. They might go on another, 15-year division stretch here. <laughs> but yeah, the Marlins uh, I, can definitely leap, I think, the Mets and the Nats. So, it's possible for sure.
1: On the Marlins, like I said, overall, I liked it. Uh, I kind of wish they would have picked somebody up just to eat innings, but I don't know. Like, besides that, uh, really good job by by the
0: Marlins. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right, let's talk about the Mets. So they added Rick Porcello, center field, and Jake Marisnik. Michael Waka, and Dylan Batances, and Matt Adams. And then they all – but they lost Zach Wheeler, an aging Todd Frazier, and another – they essentially swapped uh, defensive center fielders as they got rid of Ligaris and added Marisnik. But I think lineups looking real good. Thoughts, David? Um, if Noah Syndergaard were healthy, I would say
1: the Mets had a really good chance of – sneaking through the east and winning the division in this shortened season but i don't know if i can count on an aging rick porcello and michael waka to put together like (laughs) that many quality starts in order to to make a run there um i am a marcus stroman guy i do like their lineup top to bottom it's really nice and um there's all this talk about the NL picking up the DH, so you could put Cespedes there. Yes. You give Cano a couple of days off here and, and have him play DH as well, which I really like the idea of. Yeah, that would be a ton of fun. But um, overall, I think the Mets are a really just average team, and I don't see them making too much noise, but, yeah, I, I don't know if the, the necessary additions were made this
0: offseason in order to write that ship. Yeah, yeah, and it's also interesting because there's – the extended playoffs, like the expanded playoffs, I guess. So, like, there's eight. Teams, oh yeah, I, I guess think, I
1: didn't even consider that.
0: From each division or from each league getting in. Um, so I maybe they could get to that eighth spot. I don't know. We're, we're not going to do predictions just yet. We're going to say that for the hopefully the preseason show that's coming in four weeks. <laughs> but yeah, we can only hope. Yeah, no, like Nemo, McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto. I think those guys are legit. Um, they're gonna be a scary four for the next few years. Um, and then, but yeah, the Cespedes deal—that that contract, man. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's just getting so, uh, like, and the raw talent is there for sure. But he's just so hurt all the time. And like, I want to see that guy playing. When he is playing and he's playing well, it's so much fun to watch. But yeah. – uh, he, and he gets hurt in, like, weird ways, too, like ranching or stuff like that. And <laughs> then I see videos of him, like, squatting, like, obscene amounts of weight. And I'm like, dude, don't you have bad legs, like, in every way, shape, or form? I'm like, why are you doing this? But, um, yeah, I, I completely forgot about the expanded playoffs. So, maybe they could get in there. Uh,
0: I mean if their bullpen
1: to the Phillies yet, but
0: <laughs> if their bullpen regains uh a human soul in there, um <laughs> maybe yeah, they, they can do all right. But was good. Yeah. And Ed, like Edwin Diaz was horrible for them. Jerry's familiar didn't yeah. get anybody out. Justin Wilson was a horrible sign for them. Like nothing worked. No. <laughs>
1: Uh, I and don't know. The thing about Diaz is there's no way he can be worse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's not going to go out there in 2020 and have a worse season than he did in his yeah. first season in New York. Like, there's yeah. almost no way that happens because he was just awful. Mm-hmm. I agree. So he half bounce, yeah, even if he half, half bounces back, excuse me, like it'll be productive at least.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Interesting team. Maybe they can sneak in. All right, let's go to the Phillies. Next team on the list. They added Zach Wheeler and DD Gregorius, as well as a new manager, Joe Girardi. And but they did lose Corey Dickerson, Mike Calfranco, and Cesar Hernandez. The last two they just didn't tender a contract to. <laughs> and then you also get the addition, per se, of Andrew McCutcheon back in that lineup, which I think is very interesting. So I'll let you take it away. You're the Phillies guy here.
1: Yeah, the Phillies are a really weird team in a really weird spot like of course you give Bryce Harper all that money and then you had that hot start there last season and then it just really fizzled away towards the end and it became blatantly apparent that they didn't have a real replacement for Andrew McCutcheon and that they had one and a half real starting pitchers yeah so um Zach Wheeler obviously a ton of money there and who knows how that's going to work in the long run but I feel as if when you're paying guys like Harper and McCutcheon so much money right now and you have JT Realmuto there, like you had to make some sort of splash in order to give Aaron Nola help. Yeah. And you're not going to get a, a quality starting pitcher without overpaying for him. So do I love the money on that deal? No, but the idea of it I think makes sense. Um, I could see them battling out with the Nationals for that second spot in the East. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think the Nats have a better team, but um, off wise, I, I, I guess I like it. I'm I'm excited to see what like guys like Scott Kingery can do, or um, Adam Hazley had a pretty good second half last year, and he'll probably fill in in the outfield at some point. But I don't I don't really know how I feel about the Phillies. I think they're just a slightly better version of the Mets.
0: Really interesting. I I because yeah, I, I like, view them. I view them as, like, they they can get it done with their lineup. And I think that's going to be very interesting in the shortened season is how impactful is that lineup. Because I, if you think about it, like, the starters are only going, like, once every five games, you can have a very small impact um, on the team. Yeah, that is a good point. Far less of an impact than you would over a full 30-start slate. Uh, so, I, I do think that lineup, they can bash some guys early and often. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, like, another concern
1: I have I, I don't know if the bullpen's there. Yeah, like it's not exactly a sexy batch of names when you look at it. <laughs> and then, like, Sir Anthony Dominguez isn't back, I don't think, at least, like, in his arm is shot. David Robertson just did not work. That was a really <laughs> unfortunate deal in every shape or form. But, um, pitching is going to be key, and I don't know if the Phillies have enough pitching to make make as much noise as I'm hoping they can. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, and, like, but if you, if you look at, like, what the Nats did last year, their bullpen was horrendous.
1: <laughs> but their starters. Yes. The, like, the Phillies don't have Mac or Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a lot different when you're talking guys like Zach Eflin or Vinny Velasquez. Just, like, <laughs> or even Jake Arrieta hasn't been – what they were hoping for. You know what I mean? So of course I'm rooting for the Phillies, but I think it's easy for fans to say like, oh man, we got Zach Wheeler, like we're we're ready to go now. I I don't know if they're quite there.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Do you guys have any like big uh pitching starting pitching prospects that could enter the rotation? Yeah, there's one kid
1: uh Spencer Howard. I don't know where he ended up last year. I know he was in Reading at one point, so he's not like crazy far away. But um, I think he's top 100, and he's, like, the big talk of the town right now. Like, when's Spencer Howard going to be ready? If the pitching can't hold up, can Spencer Howard fill in? Like, this, that, and the other.
0: Yeah, I think – and they could also insert Alec Bowen in that lineup early just to get him in there. (laughs) Because I think – Especially if they can DH. Yeah. and that would be huge. He could
1: sort of be Joey Gallo-y, I think.
0: Really? Okay. Hopefully –
1: Hopefully it wouldn't take like six years to figure out like Joey Gallo did. But um, (laughs) I think that dude is going to hit a lot of long home runs. He might hit 200 while he does it, but I think he's going to jack a lot of the balls out of the park. Nice.
0: nice. (laughs) Yeah, I I think uh, (laughs) the the smart decisions for teams like the Phillies would be, if you guys got prospects that are major league ready, put them in the lineup because it's only 50, 60, 70. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right, let's move on to my team, the Nats. They added Will Harris, bullpen piece. They added Starlin Castro, I guess, interesting. And they added Eric Thames. They did lose Anthony Rendon, Brian Dozier, Fernando Rodney. He's fine. He's 47. Uh, <laughs> lost Gerardo Parra, and they lost uh, Matt Adams, role player. Uh, but they, the big piece that they did bring back, is steven strasburg the scott boris client and i just got a notification on my phone uh from bob nightingale saying <laughs> mlb execs believe high-powered agent scott boris is wrecking mlb's 2020 negotiations <laughs> Nice, <laughs> right on cue yeah i i think uh they're wrecking themselves all of them but that's beside the point so If you want me to, I'll take the reins on this. I think the lineup is much lighter on the hitting side. I'm worried about that. I will think it's cool if the DH comes because you can put Ryan Zimmerman and Eric Thames in the lineup every day, or Howie Kendrick even. That guy had an awesome year last year. Uh, I'm interested to see how Carter Keboom fares. I'm not really sure if that's going to work out. Wouldn't be opposed to putting Howie or Starling Castro over at third. But other than that, I got my guy Trey Turner at the top of the lineup. That guy, he actually might even bat third if Robles can figure it out and bat lead uh, lead off. And then Soto batting fourth. Man, I I love me some Juan Soto. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, other than the lineup, that's my biggest concern. I feel great about the rotation. We got – Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, and one of Austin Voth, Eric Fetty, Joe Ross holding down that fifth spot. Um, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing with the Nats is going to be their much improved bullpen. They got Daniel Hudson coming back, Sean Doolittle, Will Harris, Tanner Rainey, who throws 102 with a wipeout slider. Um, Big concern, though, with Sean Doolittle is he might not actually play this year because his wife is considered high risk with the whole COVID situation. So, he might not even play. So, that's something I'm concerned about. I'm hoping he does uh, just because he will be earning. He will be missing out on a $10 million salary. Yeah, if he doesn't, i completely understandable. But any, any thoughts on the Nats, Dave?
1: Uh, I know we've had previous conversations about the Nats offseason and – we were sort of on opposite ends of it as a nats fan. I know you didn't love it, like you uh, and you talked about it like now you know you thought it was all right, but you weren't. I was a fan like um I don't really know why, but I feel like when you lose the biggest or maybe second biggest bat in your lineup, like that's usually like a killer, you know what I mean, absolutely brutal but I, they brought the band back together, and I liked the deals they signed, and I think the Nats are, I don't know, still still a really good team. I like the idea of Carter Keyboom, like you said. So, it's just a matter of can somebody like that at least cushion the loss of Anthony Rendon, you know what I mean? Like, he won't fully replace him, but it's just a matter of how much can he. So, I like what the Nats have going there.
0: Yeah, I will say that they did a very, very good job of making – of lessening the blow of Anthony Rendon while not taking on super long contract commitments, uh, which I think is what some teams have fallen uh, into a trap with. So I do like that aspect and we do have a bullpen, which I'm stoked about. So hopefully it all works (laughs) out. All right. So I think that wraps up the NL East. Let's head on over to the AL East with maybe the worst team I've seen in the last few years, the Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they did add Jose Iglesias Um, yeah yeah go go ahead
1: I mean is there really anything to say here like the Orioles are tanking they're openly tanking and I do like that I support any team that's willing to you know take that strategy and say something has to change here but they didn't add anybody noteworthy and I, the Orioles are going to lose 100 games again. You know what I mean? That's like, it's going to yeah. be another long. Or they won't lose 100 games because they're not playing 100 games, but they're going to lose a lot of baseball games.
0: Yeah, and their only respectable hitter, Trey Mancini, uh, got cancer, so he's not even going to play this year. Oh, like prayers out to Trey Mancini, but like, yeah, it, it's not going to look good for the Orioles again. They might lose 60 games, uh. <laughs>
1: dude. It's it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Yeah,
0: Like, just look
1: at the, the rotation, first of all. <laughs> I do like John Means. I think he has, uh, like, potential. He's definitely not an ace, like he's going to be this year. But I think he could be, like, a 2-3 a guy uh, down the line. Um, Alex Cobb has just sort of been a wreck. Asher, I can't even pronounce this guy's name, but I don't think he's he's phenomenal if I don't know his name that well. Yeah. And then um, Wade LeBlanc and, and Tommy Malone are, like, guys you pick off the waiver wire in fantasy when you just are
0: hoping for a, a star, you know what I mean?
1: Like Oh, 100%. So, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say about the Orioles.
0: Yep. I, I, I don't know anybody in the bullpen. But yeah, all right, let's move on. They're building. They do <laughs> have some cool prospects. That's about it. All right, let's 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 look at the Blue Jays. <laughs> they – I love – all right, I'll just say this. I love what the Blue Jays are doing. Could they have done a little bit extra? Yeah, but I love what the Blue Jays are doing. They added Hinjin Ryu. Chase Anderson's, I think, is decent. Tanner Roark, steady guy, innings eater. Not a big name, but he'll get it done. I don't know who this Shunyama Gucci is, but – Travis Shaw, another decent guy. They lost Justin Smoke, Clay Buckholz, and Nick Kingham. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the big thing with the Blue Jays is their lineup, man. Oh, their lineup is so awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. Bo Bichette, Kevin Bishop, Gurriel, Guerrero. Oh, it's beautiful. This is another team that I would have loved
1: for them to have the opportunity to play a full season.
0: Oh, 162, yeah. Yeah.
1: Toronto is very very close uh like you said it just the guys in the lineup alone Bichette Biggio Gurriel Guerrero even Randall Grichuk. like Travis Shaw could make an impact and I do like Teoscar Hernandez also mm-hmm. and I, it's really unfortunate that because that they're not going to play 162 games because this team is going to be a lot of fun yeah
0: but if you also think yeah. all the guys make the right steps they'll sneak into the playoffs maybe they yeah. could yeah it. I also, like, you You said you loved what they were doing. So do I, man.
1: Hyunjin is a good pickup. Chase Anderson was solid in Milwaukee. And Tanner Roark has proven that he can be, like, the fourth or fifth starter. You know, like, oh, yeah. if, if you can have a consistent four or five who's, you, like, you just know what you're going to get. You know, he's going to win you 10, maybe even 12 games. Like, that's huge. Just somebody oh, to man. solidify the back end of the rotation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. And then – yeah, I guess this Yamaguchi guy—I don't know much about either—but
0: I like it. Good they got—they got, they got Nate Pearson. There. They got Nate Pearson coming up. I'm hoping he makes some starts. I think that that'll be mm-hmm. some to watch. Uh, but uh, yeah, other than the lineup, uh, they gotta figure out the bullpen. And I think this offseason, if they can get a stud, or I don't even know he's gonna be a free agent starting pitcher this year, but they need to get a starting pitcher. They add one more starter to that team. Boom, they're they're good they got reused yeah they
1: might even be able to trade one of those bats yeah yeah they could like I I don't see somebody like Guerrero Rochette moving but um Lourdes Gurial or somebody like that I think maybe you bite the bullet and say like we need an arm you know and we have enough hitters and they've got a pretty loaded system too they just took uh that one kid from Vandy also who everybody's supposed to be Austin he got like Martin. a Mookie Betts comparison yeah Austin Martin and, and uh so when he comes up, that lineup like it, it could yeah. be disgusting.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, they they could definitely sneak. I think they'll finish probably like in the middle of that division, and that could end up being enough to sneak in there. Yeah, I, I could see it for sure. Yep. All right, let's go into the Red Sox and that sad state of affairs. I, I guess the only really <laughs> like I, I literally feel bad for Red Sox fans they They traded Mookie Betts. Like, oh, my God. A top five player in the league. It hurt to see that deal go down. But they added Alex Verdugo, who might not even start in that lineup. (laughs) Because if you think – they also have Benintendi, who has to start. Jackie Bradley Jr., you're probably going to give a bunch of it bats to just because of his defense – and they also got like Kevin Pillar. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know,
1: guy. Yeah, um like you said it for Red Sox fans has to be a weird feeling cuz it all came crumbling down quickly. Yes. You like they were seemingly on top of like the baseball world for a while there and I don't know. Now Chris Sale is hurt. Oh uh, god, yeah. Oh, you you had like they sold Mookie Betts basically in like a salary dump almost and like Alex Verdugo is a really good player and some of those prospects are big names too but oof I don't love the offseason season <laughs> by any means it was it, it hurts to see <laughs>
0: yeah and, and it's a real shame too because some of their guys in the lineup are sweet I love Ben Intendi I love Xander Bogarts I love Rafael Devers I think that guy's a hitting machine uh I think they do have some good guys to build around, but the problem is they don't have a farm system and they don't have the starting pitch. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I don't even know anybody in their bullpen either. So We're not even going to talk about it. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. We are both big fan of the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they had an awesome offseason. They added Hunter Renfro, Manuel Margot, Jose Martinez, three different outfielders, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but at the same time, like, now with the, like, well, I guess they already had the DH, but they also got like Yoshitomo Suzuko, the guy from, I think, Japan. Uh, they did lose Tommy Zane, mm-hmm. who I'm a fan of. Uh, Travis Darnot, who was awesome for them at catcher. Avicel Garcia, Jesus Aguilar. But I-, I think their lineup is amazing. They always figure it out with the rotation and their bullpen it just always seems to be the one of the best bullpens in baseball.
1: Yeah. You mentioned picking up those three outfielders and there are few things I want to watch more than Hunter Renfro and Jose Martinez just hitting absolute bombs in that
0: (laughs) dome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I I am so ready for Jose or Jose Martinez to never have to play the field ever again and (laughs) just focus on hitting because the fielding was just bad. Like, there's, there's no other way to put it. But when he is on at the plate, which is almost always, yes. he is a ton of fun to watch, and like that power is going to complement guys like Lowe and Meadows and Diaz so well, because he's just going to be able to drive them all in. Dude, yeah, and Austin Meadows, I, like,
0: stud, man. Yeah,
1: he really is. And I always thought Austin Meadows was going to be a good player. I never expected him to be a great player and he really proved me wrong last season. I'm glad he did. Cause obviously we were both in Pittsburgh for so like so much time. We heard all this talk about Austin Meadows for years there. And then of course he blocked in Tampa Bay, but
0: I'm glad he did. He's a ton of fun to watch. I, I agree hundred percent. Their rotation's pretty intriguing too. They got Blake Snell at the top. Charlie Morton had a sick year. Glasnow made some cool, amazing steps. Uh, they got Brendan McKay, maybe, <laughs> and then they got the followers, yeah. and Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough. It's interesting, and then they got that sick bullpen.
1: Yeah, um, Yarbrough is a name that I really like. Like nobody talks about him because He's he like comes a after raw. the opener, and yeah, but he had, he had a really good year last year. Like I can't recite his numbers off the top of my head, but. Like you said, he just went out there and, and got outs, and like yeah. that's all you can really ask for from your four or five. And I, I really like that guy. He's got a nice little arsenal of pitches.
0: Yeah, and talk about pitches. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Diego Castillo. He's got ridiculous movement on his pitches. Yeah,
1: dude, that dude. Guy. All
0: of those guys in the Rays bullpen
1: are fun. Um, Alvarado. I can't think of that. is he El Diablo? He might
0: be. I thought I, I thought that was Diego yeah. There's some. It's either it's one of those two guys. Uh,
1: yeah <laughs> and the movement on those guys pitches is de- like absolutely
0: insane it, it's a lot of fun to watch yes dude it, it's fun man I, I they're they're gonna finish uh, dude they got this Wander Franco guy coming up the uh the shorts yeah dude he's gonna be he's gonna light the world on fire everything I've read about him that's in- what everybody keeps saying and they've been talking about him for years too since he was like 16 mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really looking forward to it yeah me too, me too. So I think they'll finish second to this next team, the Yankees. They added Cole. That's pretty much it. I'm not going to say Chris Ionetta or Chad Bettis just for <laughs> their addition <laughs> sake. Uh, but they did lose DD. They lost Dylan Betances. CC Sabathia retired, and Carnacion left. Austin Romine, backup catch. A lot of role players. Thankfully, they got Jacoby Ellsbury off the books. I think, but. Yeah, yeah I, finally, the Yankees are going to be very good. Unfortunately, they lost Luis Severino for the whole year, but I, I think with DJ Lemayhew, Judge, Blaber Torres, Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt, Andujar, Urshela, Brett Gardner, like all these guys, man, all of them, they're going to do. They're just going to tear up the league.
1: Yeah, any other team, if you lost Didi Gregorius or Edwin Encarnacion in an offseason, you think like, man, how are we going to replace all that power? Yeah. Not the Yankees because it's yeah. already there. <laughs> like, so <laughs> the lineup, top to bottom, ridiculous. And then they needed a pitcher, and they need a pitcher badly. So yes. Garrett Cole is going to do wonders there. Um, and this delayed season is also probably helping them or their pitchers at least in a little bit. Like, it'll give Jordan Montgomery some time to come back and like get some work in. Um,
0: to, in who, the same. What's Severino's deal? How long? yeah Paxton too Severino had Tommy John so he's out
1: oh so so he's just out yeah and then um somebody got suspended too. Domingo Domingo Jermaine got suspended so of course that's not being eaten up by the uh the half season or whatever but still um Garrett Cole you can't complain whenever you sign him and then you lose Batantis in the bullpen but it's, it's just like the power in the lineup like you don't they don't even have to replace Batantis because so many guys are already there like you have Chapman, Britton, Ottavino, even Chad Green and Tommy Canley, like, dude,
0: that's just yes. insane, dude, dude. Tommy Canley's changeup might be the best in the league, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like he's gonna be your sixth inning guy or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, they I, might win sixty games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I just looked it up. Uh, Domingo Herman's gonna miss sixty-three. He still has sixty-three games left on a suspension, so he might miss all of this season. <laughs>
1: mm, yeah, probably
0: but so yeah that's the AL East. I think Cole is going to make a world of difference on that team. Uh they definitely got helped by this delay because they got guys that are healthy that are going to be able to come back and I think this is where the Rays they could have stolen that division early. Like they mm-hmm. could have won a bunch of games against the uh injury-strapped Yankees, the pitiful Orioles. They could have won a bunch of games early and run away with it and uh, build up, like, the Twins lead that they had last year. Like Remember, like, the Twins had, like, a 12-game lead in, like, June? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was projecting for the Rays, but that didn't happen, obviously. But very exciting. Very exciting indeed. All right. That took a while. So, we're going to jump into the trivia. So, David. 11 players hit their 500th career home run in the 21st century. How many can you name?
1: (laughs) In the 21st century? uh, Pool holes? Yep. Rodriguez? Yep. Ortiz? Yep. uh, This is where it starts to get a little tough. Jim Tomey?
0: Yes. uh, I guess Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire? Sammy Sosa, yes. Mark McGuire hit his August 5th, 1999. Oh. Just five out of 11. <laughs> um, oof. Ken Griffey
1: with yes. Cincinnati or wherever he ended up. Yeah, Cincinnati. Uh, I might top out there. Um, I might be able to get one or two more.
0: Yeah, so Barry Bonds. Oh, Jesus Christ, Dave. Yeah, I should, I should have had that one. Uh, Rafael Palmero. Interesting okay. guy. Uh, I think he was a Royd guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Frank yeah, Thomas. The big hurt. Yes, sir. Manny Ramirez. <laughs> okay. Gary Sheffield, I think, is the last one. Yeah. Gary
1: Sheffield. That's a name.
0: Yes, sir. He ended up with 509 home runs. So. This inspired our draft, so we're gonna draft 500 home run hitters. David, start us off. Uh, first overall
1: pick. I, I guess I got to take Big Barry, right? Barry Bonds. Uh, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, if we're just going year by year, if I could slide, you know, that three-year, four-year stretch from Barry Bonds into my lineup every day, uh, I'll take him. So, if we're, if we're picking, I'll go Barry Bonds.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great pick. Uh, Gold glove guy. And with my first pick, I'm going to go Willie Mays. He, there you go. Uh, yeah, he, he might be, might have been the best. I think he was the best defenders defensive center fielder of all time by any metric that you look at. Uh, Willie Mays, the dude hit 660 home runs, just a monster on that same Giants team. Uh, yeah, the, like – You can read all the stats you want about Willie Mays. The guy was awesome. Mm -hmm. David, who you got? All right, second overall pick.
1: I know this one's going to sound a little weird, but if you just talk about pure hitting, like somebody who wakes up and mashes baseballs, I think the first name that comes to my mind is David Ortiz. Okay. And, like, he's a DH, you know. (laughs) So, like I said, it's a little bit of a weird pick, but 10-time All-Star he was an MVP, and that guy just raked. He also had the best job in the world. Like he just rolled out of bed and got to hit. You know, what oh, yeah. I mean? like, oh yeah. So, um, I, I I love David Ortiz. Seems like a great locker room guy. Never actually got busted for steroids either. So, um,
0: oh, yeah. I'll yeah. go David Ortiz. Yeah. No, there are rumors. Uh, I think he had like a 50 home run season, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, no, big poppy. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like one of the best guys that you can think of (laughs) like always smiling yeah he he was uh super generous to everyone but yeah people in boston they literally worship david ortiz they retired his number before he finished playing like that that's how much they love david Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right so with my second pick i'm gonna go babe ruth 714 hitter pitcher yes the let's see if we can list off his nicknames the King of Crash, the Great Bambina, the Sultan of Swat, um, the Babe. Oh, gosh. What else was it from the Sandlot? What was other nicknames? <laughs> I, I think you got them all. The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout.
1: <laughs> the, who's the Great Bambi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. Roots. You mean
0: that stupid deer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we got to draft baseball moves at some point in the future oh so great yeah all right next pick david all right so um
1: since the david ortiz pick was a little out of the box uh i think i'll mellow it out by going hank aaron um oh dude hank how aaron. could not? you not know, like, yeah he was sort of like obviously he's gonna end up with more home runs than mike trout's gonna have but I feel like he was sort of Mike Trouty in just the sense that, like, he was 5 tool you know, and just absolutely legit in in every way.
0: Dude, the the guy – he never hit more than 47 home runs, I want to say. 45? No, he hit 47 in 1971. Yeah, the dude, he holds the all-time record for RBIs and total bases. Uh, But one thing he loved more than anything was scoring runs, and he actually set the Major League record – in the same game that he hit his 715th home run, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, no, the dude – let's just list list off his MVP uh, finishing positions. So, well, I guess in his first year as Rookie of the Year, he uh, finished fourth. But, so, his second year, 1955, he finished ninth. Next year, finished third. He won his only MVP in 1957. Then he finished 3rd, 3rd, 11th, 8th, 6th, 3rd, 14th, 7th, 8th, 5th, 12th, 3rd, 17th, 3rd, 16th, 12th. Like, the dude was so ridiculously consistent every single year. By the way, that is consecutive years. That isn't, isn't like his overall. Like, that is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he was, he was an all-star 25 times. Like, yes. that doesn't even sound real.
0: Yeah, well, no, they, there was a, a four-year stretch where they had two All-Star games in the same season. Uh, that was a thing. Oh, them. all right. That, 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 that was just yeah. – I think that was a money thing, <laughs> believe it or not, baseball. Yeah, thing. it sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that, 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 that's one of my favorite uh, Hank Aaron stats. Of all the ones out there, the amount of – the number of times in a row that he finished – that he got MVP votes. But my third pick, I'm going to go – this is a coin flip for me. I'm going to go Ted Williams. I think the guy could have hit 700 home runs. He's an American hero, obviously. He missed time in 1943, 1944, 1945. And then his first season back from the war, 1945, the dude only just wins an MVP award. Let let me tell you what he led the league in that year in his first – year back from the military service he led the league in runs with 142 he led the league in walks with 156 strikeouts only 44 of those he had a 342 batting average on base 497 slugging 667 so an ops of 1164 with an ops plus of 215 total bases 343 of those in terms walked 29 times that yeah like how do you just oh i'm gonna go be a pilot for three years come back <laughs> and just rake as soon Take as he right get right back up, yep, yeah, so he missed three years in his prime, his age twenty four twenty five twenty six season, where some of these guys are breaking out, like the dude could have had easily a hundred ten more homers from that. he missed considerable amount of time for the Korean War as well, uh, so he could have had another sixty seventy homers, and then maybe he would have kept playing. So he the guy could have easily had seven hundred. The dude was a monster for so long. Just a, a ridiculous hitter. Horrible coach though. He couldn't teach anybody. <laughs> uh, but all right, David, who you got? Give me your fourth pick. Uh next
1: up I'll go with one of my favorite players growing up and that is Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. That that's um, who I'm just between. Yeah, like, number one, just the swing alone. Like, when you watch those videos of him, especially when he was in Seattle and, like, he's all oh, young and still has that sort of, like, weird mix of, like, cockiness and attitude to him. Oh, yeah. Like, gorgeous. You know, nobody better and just so much fun to watch. This Like, the stats alone, he was an MVP. And he won a gold glove ten times also, like, which is pretty insane to go along with seven silver sluggers. Like, animal. Do you ever
0: watch, like, his highlights of just, like, his catches? It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Ken Griffey Jr., I wanted to put that out there for our listeners in case they wanted to watch it. On MLB Network on Sunday at 8 p.m., they're doing uh, a documentary about Ken Griffey Jr. So, they got guys like LeBron James who got interviewed for it. Uh, Macklemore is in there. <laughs> uh, and, like, a bunch of his teammates. But, yeah, the, the, the kid, man. I wish we could have grown up watching him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, su- super cool. Super cool guy. A Funny story about his retirement. <laughs> he was literally the worst hitter in the league Uh, uh his last season. I think his OPS plus was so bad. I don't even know what it even <laughs> was. So, he had had enough by about mid-May. And he just got in his car and drove from Seattle to his home in Florida. <laughs> he didn't even tell anybody. He just left. And um,
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. his uh, One of his teammates, his, his, like, cousin or whatever, lived in Montana. And his teammate got a text from the cousin saying, Hey, I think I just saw Ken Griffey Jr. filling up his car <laughs> in Montana. <laughs> and, and, and the teammate's like, no we just had a game last night what are you talking about like <laughs> it's like no mm-hmm. that that is ken griffey jr <laughs> but one of the more interesting stories uh, i've ever read about um so for my fourth pick i'm gonna go with frank thomas uh that dude was a pure masher man holy smokes yeah that oh god man frank thomas he he won back-to-back mvps i want to say he he, he <laughs> it's kind of funny seeing him in all these uh weird commercials now (laughs) um but yeah Yeah,
1: he's in a lot of them too yeah
0: uh but yeah the dude was ridiculous his ops plus for his career was 156 uh but yeah he he he's getting mvp votes when he was 30 how old 38 uh he finished fourth in mvp voting that year just from hitting The, the dude is awesome uh, yeah world, <laughs> world series too right in chicago uh, i believe so yeah in five all right david fifth pick uh i'll go the machine albert Pujols.
1: yeah um dude. we Great talked pick. about some of his monster seasons. uh on what i guess the first episode that we did together but 10 time all-star three-time mvp two-time globe glove winner and six-time silver slugger i, I-, I love albert Pujols. he's Oh yeah, one of like the big names from or maybe the biggest name of our like baseball fandom in the last twenty years. So uh, yep. yeah, To round out my group, I'll definitely take out the Bulls.
0: All right, hundred percent. I feel that the machine man. He's so awesome. All right, so I I was gonna choose Mickey Mantle uh, for my fifth pick, but I think a far more fun pick is Jimmy Fox. He played for the Philadelphia Athletics and the Boston Red Sox. He is in the Hall of Fame, uh, three-time MVP award winner. He won a Triple Crown Award, won a couple World Series, a couple batting titles. And so here's this one season I want to point out. It is not his Triple Crown uh, winning season. It's the one before, but the dude slugged 749 with an OPS plus of 207. (laughs) He had 58 home runs that year in the era where home runs really weren't that big of a deal, but. Yeah, that dude, whew, man. Jimmy Fox. He he dominated the league for a while there. Him and uh Garrig and Ruth. They were they were the cream of the crop. Mm. But yeah, so I think that ends our draft. We're just gonna keep moving along, get it onto the song lyric of the day. Dave, what's your song lyric? Uh,
1: I pulled one from Armed and Dangerous, uh, Juice World. I'm a huge Marvel fan, I've seen all the movies, so this one is a. Uh iron on me that's that tony stark i like um Ooh. of course he is referring to a weapon of some sort but uh i don't know i like the iron
0: man <laughs> reference i think it's cool yeah no, it's cool it's cool 100%. <laughs> yeah. that, that's legit yeah no those, those what do you got all right i got yeah. <laughs> i i got this one line uh that's funny for a couple reasons so it's virgil got that paddock on my wrist going nuts by future and drake from their song life is good so the one reason – the baseball reason it's funny is I'm a huge fan of Chris Paddock and what he can potentially do with the Padres. And so David knew this as well. So every I would always be texting him I'm like, oh, Chris Paddock this, Chris Paddock that. Like what's Paddock going to do next? And he would always uh, respond saying <laughs> Paddock on my wrist. And I, I, I'm usually late to most rap. I had no idea what David <laughs> was referencing i just thought it was some jersey saying so i kind of just went with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh but yes yeah, so that's the fun baseball reason it's funny for the non-baseball reason um i had no idea it was drake and future two massive rap names or two massive names in the rap community uh i am late to most rap but so i didn't i had no idea this song existed no idea but I will say I I was early on two songs that are pretty mainstream that I'm now proud of. Uh, the first was "I" by Lil Skies, and the other one was "Notice" by Lil Mosey. I found <laughs> <laughs> I found "I" with like thirty five thousand plays on Spotify, and "Notice" with around six thousand plays. Eyes up to 211 million plays and notice is up to 411 million plays so i'm pretty proud about those two picks (laughs) dave is a big uh little mosey guy now i got him on there (laughs) yeah you got me onto little skies too i like him also we're gonna go to the trending twitter topic and this is something i uh, saw on twitter which i thought was pretty funny uh mountain lion was actually loose in san francisco and that got a bunch of reaction just <laughs> because people are just like oh here's a mountain lion walking down the street like what's up with that yeah. so any reaction to a mountain lion being loose in san francisco david
1: uh
0: i have never seen a mountain lion
1: walking down the street and if i never do i will not be disappointed
0: 100 percent. i'm right there with you. that's that's the,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's the best i got for you on that one
0: <laughs> yeah i i've i've seen a bear in minnesota Ah. Uh, that's about it never seen a shark <laughs> but yeah i don't know man
1: <laughs> that, that's about it i yeah i'm not huge on jungle
0: cats <laughs> yeah. oh yeah me too me too uh gosh but yeah so t- twitter stay amazing please and if you have anybody out there who has a twitter topic send it on over we'll talk about it but thank you so much for joining me david but yeah, thanks yeah, man. so much. That's a great
1: conversation.